to another episode of Underbench Staples, a podcast all about MasterChef Australia from two guys on the other side of the world. He's Russell, I'm Patrick, and we are delving into a flaming hot episode. Scorchio. Fuego. Flamers. Flamers are plenty. Actually, as the, contest- as the contestants stroll in, there's Shannon flaming. On fire. In front of them. Yeah, yeah. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Fire. So this was the immunity cook of this week's episodes. And we had a two-parter. And the first was all about flambe. Mm, very, very exciting. So Shannon was doing a, a master class. Have they given up on masterclasses? I loved the masterclass. I did too. But have they given up on masterclasses? Well, in this series so far, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so a little brief masterclass in the art of flambeing. I think he was doing a crepe suzette because mm. that's the classic. Heat the Grand Marnier up. <clears throat> have I said that right? Yeah. Because I think, I think I keep saying Grand Mariner. Grand Marnier. Yeah, I'm saying it right. Um... Heating that up, explaining about it, explaining why you'd flambe things. Very good to know. Um, And that was the preamble to the actual contest itself, where the contestants who won the challenge Challenge. yesterday uh, had a chance to get immunity. Hmm. Now, for some reason, this thick old head of me was like, why is Rue upstairs? I thought she was on the losing team. Why is she... And then I realised... No, 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 no. No, you no, didn't no. realise. I, had to I told you, to explain, you. I had to ask you to explain to me. I'm still I'm still getting used to it. I realised. <laughs> the don't think you did. So anyway, yes. So, so the challenge was to do a flambéed element in your cook. And they had an hour and a quarter mm. to cook anything they wanted, but it had to have some form of a flambe. Exactly. Best dish goes through to beat the chef. And so, Kath, uh, Addy, Robbie, Melissa, Theo, Declan, and Brent. Am I missing anyone? No, that's everybody. Uh, all had a chance to cook. And let's go through them one by one. There's no point. If, you, if you listen, you've watched the episode, you know who's got through. Brent, uh, Brent has gone through. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about his cooks uh, momentarily. So we'll talk about him towards the end. But let's start on another contestant and talk about their cooks. How about we start on Declan, who called it a flamboy. <laughs> I know. I love <laughs> a flamboy. Your get your it's your patience. Endearing. Your patience is like gone. Is wearing thin. It's not endearing to constantly pronounce things wrong. I get that if you haven't heard how they're pronounced in the past, as in if it's on like a piece of paper. I get that, but if you're intentionally pronouncing them wrong after hearing them pronounced correctly, it's not a great look. Okay. With that out there. With that out there. So he decided to go on the fill spectrum. Yeah. Of, (laughs) I want a big bowl of meat and two veg. (laughs) (laughs) And spuds. And spuds. Well, uh, uh, spuds and veg. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think when you talk about veg, no, in an Irish I thing, I think like it's either a cabbage, a carrot, a broccoli, a turnip. Well, the thing is, when I think of meat and two veg, and this is like a really typical kind of Irish anomaly type of thing, that it's like meat and two veg is actually three veg because it's meat, spud, and two vegetables. Yeah, I want the two veg yeah, as yeah. well as the spud. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like the spud is non-negotiable. Yeah. So, um, so he had gone quite classic. Um, with steak, carrots, and mash, and a mustard sauce. Mm. Um, uh, unusual, I think, yeah. to kind of go that route. Very, very classic. He did a Chateau Briand, which looked absolutely mm. stunning. stunning. Possibly a little bit under for me. I probably, but then again, I not often eaten Chateau Briand, and if it was handed to me, I'd just eat it anyway. Mm. Um, I liked how he did the carrots. Yeah. It's quite chefy. Yeah. Like I know it's Master Chef and everything like that, so you can expect it. But it was just like he was he he was um shaving it down to be really thin and everything, and I thought that was a really nice look and I wasn't mm. expecting it. The mash sorry, let's give it the proper title, Pulled Puree. Um was not a patch on Ralph's block of butter last week. Yeah, I But it looked I very still good. I think it was pretty good looking. It was good looking, but I still dream of Ralph's one last week. Um, but a good effort. Good effort I by Decky. I think that place is. It's unusual in that kitchen because it's the kind of thing that you would expect in this part of the world. Yes. As in, in the UK version, they cook that almost like every other oh, every other episode. That's a so, lovely steak! So, you know, in our part of the world you constantly see that kind of mash that kind of gravy that kind of meat mm. so I guess that's the reason I so are you saying that the that UK MasterChef is in, entrenched in uh, nostalgia and is stuck in the past uh, yes Okay cool Grand. Good to know um, uh, A moment of a shout out Here for uh, Declan's eyebrows They're still they intact still Just about Because that was An incredible fombe That he did mm. But it nearly Took his face off I actually at one point Genuinely thought The flame was Going to go up The intertitle Thing where the flames Come up on screen Were going to come on screen And be like Masterchef and be a break And then and we haven't had a nurse moment you know where the hand goes up medic medic we haven't had that yet this series I think we had it early on I'm nearly sure I heard it once of like I cut myself yeah Uh, and I think it was Larissa oh that does sound yeah it could be that does sound Um, maybe so yeah good job good job there he got excellent feedback he had definitely been in the top Mm. kind of three or four Mm. Um, mustardy and sharp sauce tender meat well seasoned yeah Happy days. Happy, happy How out. about we go on to Theo next, who took the, <laughs> who took the, the masterclass literally. Yes. Now he, he made- said yes. <laughs> Do a flambe element. Okay. Okay, cool. Exactly that one. <laughs> so um, he did his twist on crepe Suzette. Yes. And I think it is a brave move to do it because essentially it is, you know, crepes, but it is having to do it right. He did a compote um, and fresh orange flavour in there as well. Did he say that his partner's French or yes, something so it so was like wanting to make her mother happy and all nice. this type of stuff which is quite cute um, it looked very good good flambe on it as well mm. uh, pretty decent job again with this edit we didn't see an awful lot of a lot of contestants uh, as is usually the case when there's so many of them but it was still good so uh, see. go through a couple here that clearly didn't hadn't get 
been in contention because they hadn't. Well, I've aired. just got Melissa Zippy and Fiery, and I'm pretty sure she did prawns. Prawns with a mango salad. Yeah, I would like to see that because it sounded really good mm. and very, very brief. It looked good. They were happy. That was quick. Uh, who else went through like a. Um, like a jet it was very quick even the oh, Robbie, Robbie did duck yes again yes I just wrote the word great flame great flame because he had a very good flame but other than that I couldn't see much else obviously if it's good enough it's good enough it's not bad enough yeah. that it needs to be highlighted and I guess if you're in the middle and kind of section this is how it's going to go um, how about we go on to Kat next let's go to Kat <laughs> the judging so uh, after the uh, the origin of the dish, brilliant. Yeah. Inspired by ketchups, her and her friends mm. having a Pims, incorporating the traditional garnish of the Pims, of yeah. the strawberry, the cucumber, the orange. It was worth noting that Pims is a lower uh, alcohol volume than um, uh, Grand Marnier, so it obviously is not going to flambe as much as a cognac brandy etc etc is going to do so it was going to have a bit of a problem now an, uh, an orange fro- frozen yogurt mousse Love. which was, sounded so good mm. and when it came out of the moles looked really good mm. uh, cucumber strawberry pim sauce and then in order to get a bit more of a flambe adding vodka to it which is quite clever yeah but but this is Kath. Thrice. Not once, not twice, but thrice. Thrice. Did did it did it not light? Firstly with a, li- a fire lighter a fire lighter. <laughs> fire log. Fire lighter. <laughs> well that would have probably helped her case in fairness. Flamethrower. Um start off with the flame gun thing, the what's it called? The cook's um torch thing. Cook's blowtorch? That's the one, yeah. It goes and then it goes on, yeah. She didn't have much luck with that. Probably should have lit it beforehand, maybe, or tried it out beforehand, because those things can be finicky little buggers. Then took a... well, this is where I have the word firelighter, but what I mean is like a stick match. A like, handheld. Yeah, the ones that um, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart are. Um, yeah. The Bic lighters that uh, yeah. Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg are trying to promote at the moment. Great ad campaign, I have to say, actually, for that. Um, and then added extra vodka just to try it again. Did the tilt. And it eventually... The tilt eventually sparked it. Yeah. Now, I was kind of like, there's a lot of... And, and added... No, she added vodka. I have added alcohol twice, though. Yeah, it was a lot of, and I, wor- I was worried about the amount of varying alcohols in yeah. there that have been cooked down, not necessarily burnt off, maybe getting changing flavors and all that type of stuff. Considering the garnish, would you not have just used Grand Marnier? Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't really think you have to cook out the flavour of the Pims because in a way you kind of want that and or a combination the alcohol that that you're hoping to cook out is the higher proof the yeah. like the more astringent of the two like I would have just done a combination and, and used the two adding vodka I think was a little risky because like it can be quite offensive in flavour sometimes depending on how much you use so that was that um, Can we talk about Kath and Pims? Oh, that was the greatest line of the judges. judging. Brilliant. Interestingly, and I noticed this, uh, when the dish was brought up, Melissa said, oh, what do you call this? 
in a She was doing a setup. She was setting it up. It was like, oh cat, what do you call this? In the kind of thing of oh Kale, what she called this. <laughs> what she called that? <laughs> and then it was like called it Pims with the girls and then she called her out and said you should have called it Kath and Pims. Our hearts died a little bit. If it was amazing. We haven't told you before, Kath and Kim is, is maybe our expert TV show. Yeah, it's I awesome. can't tell you the amount of times that yeah. we've watched it. It is our yeah. If we ever go to Australia like our tour is going to be the Master Chef Kitchen and Fountain Lakes. Like that's really it. Um screw a vineyard. Um yeah, it was pretty, very pretty. Mm. I think actually one of the prettiest dishes that Kath has put out, especially considering the fucking chaos yesterday. Uh, it was good to see a bit of redemption there. I yeah. think good for her and good for her confidence in, too. In in the controlled environment of mm. the kitchen that she knows. Let's not forget, she's a very good cook. Mm. She is very, very good. And she's very good at desserts. Mm. This is not the first time that we've been really impressed with her desserts. Yeah. So I would love to see uh, a, a more interpretations in that kind of style uh, going forward. Let's move on to another contestant. Let's Addie. move on to Addy. Now, this one was probably one of the most exciting, creative and interesting interpretations of this yeah s'mores yes well kind of deconstructed s'mores because it had a chocolate cremo an orange jam all in a little and a pot graham cracker crumble yeah in a pot and then there was the marshmallows on sticks and the marshmallows look beautiful soft and everything like that the american accent <laughs> cute the cutest thing and I love when she brought it up to the judges table and Jock was like whoa whoa no you're forgetting something she's like panicked and it was like do the accent that was great really really fun the flambeing I was not sure how that was gonna go either was even in the description Mm. she's like am I the only person who can see this and it's like yes because I don't know what you mean I thought she was gonna be there with a flamethrower or like that she was going to dip the um, marshmallows in something and hopefully it would burn. And then yeah. I'm like, but that's just going to go black then in the end. Genius. I think it was so clever to add the theatre to the judging and the presentation. And the only contestant to think that way. The only contestant to really think outside the box. And also to think purely on that's flambe. Yeah. The only one who actually brought flambe to the table too. Yeah. Um, before we get to our final contestant, can we have a talk about flambeing? Okay. Um, Jock said earlier on in the episode that when he was training at old school restaurants at flambe everything, he actually suggested cognac and quail, which is quite an interesting thing. Yeah. What's your thoughts on table side flambeing? This is a setup. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. Why? It's a setup for you to be like, what's your thoughts? Hmm. So, what are your thoughts on tableside flambeing? But it's not just tableside flambeing. Uh, I was going to call you Russell there. I'm Russell, Patrick. Um, it's not just tableside flambeing. Please tell me more. It's everything tableside. I absolutely hate it with some exceptions but generally speaking I find it some of the most uncomfortable moments when 
anyone comes in with the trolley to your table, especially in a quiet dining room, and it's the like if, let's say with fish filleting fish in front of you that's been like stone baked or uh, salt baked or whatever like that and it's all been pulled apart and filleted in front of you you're just there oh wow and then three minutes later wow this is great I'm really hungry I absolutely hate the concept of it it's something that makes me just feel so uncomfortable about having to watch someone strain their neck have terrible posture just to cut off the tiniest little bit of sea bass for me or you know do you know what I mean it's just so uncomfortable a crepe Suzette is a little bit more dramatic I get it but if you're sitting there having like an oyster at the beginning of your meal or you're having an uncomfortable conversation with someone um, and you just see the other corner of the restaurant on fire very very briefly it's a great distraction but it's just kind of like okay great so that's a surprise gone for me later on yes maybe I'll order it because I've seen it but like think of like Chapter one in Dublin, the Irish coffee. I love it. It's one of my favourite things. It's probably the exception to the rule. But when you're like a late sitting and you're one of the last people to get it, you've seen it four or five times. And that's one of the things I don't like about it. So that's Russell's rants for today. Back tomorrow with more. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you for allowing me the space. Well, I think you created the space yourself. Yes. Yes, I did. So the final final contestant is Brent, who did a bourbon barbecue glazed chicken skewer dish. Hibachi klaxon. Yeah, hibachi klaxon. uh, The only hibachi klaxon here, meaning that Brent is now at the top of the table. Three uses. He hadn't been before. Who was there before? Uh, He had a joint second, two uses with Theo. Uh, So now he's at the top. Three uses, Theo two, Rihanna one. I get the impression one. if he's there until the end, he'll probably be at the top of that table. Yeah, well, Amy's he does not love anywhere. He um, He does, and he uses it very, very well. He does. This was. Can I say it already? This is my smash. This is my smash dish. One hundred million million it's percent. So you. It is the definition of something that I would smash, marry, other things, everything to. I love this dish. Why? Mainly because it was cooked on the hibachi. But it was the bourbon glazed barbecue sauce and it was the consideration of the ingredients and the level of the flavours that he was trying to put in and where he was flambéing it. I think he was quite early flambéing. I think he was one of the first flamers uh, in the kitchen, actually, uh, to make the flame go off and everything like that. I'm not making accusations about him there, just for legal reasons. Uh, one of the first to make the flame go in the kitchen, get the sauce cooled down, everything like that. It was like a little mini uh, uh, shawarma kind of style thing. Thing, lots of layers of meat and fat and everything like that. Mouth-watering. Heavenly. Beautiful. Right up my street in every way, shape and form. Um, what, what else was on the dish? I just look at the It chicken, had like a scorched corn. Yeah. It had oh, a yeah. kind of a salad-y thing. Yeah. yeah cor- yes, it was that. It was the charred corn. Um, and also the addition of the dried Mexican chilies in the sauce as well, just to bring another flavour dimension. Getting advice from Antonio on that up on the gantry. Great, great idea. Just really nice flavour. What are your thoughts on his dish? Yeah, fine. Grand. Fine. Just grand. Yeah. Is it because it's what you expect from Brent? Um, <clears throat> I just thought like it was a glazed chicken on a skewer. When, you know, other people are doing a little bit more. Yeah. I just thought like 
I get it. Yeah. I get, I get that he's putting all the effort into the sauce. He's packing in the flavor. Yeah. He's trying to glaze it on the heat. He's yeah. he has the smoke. I get all of those processes, but I just feel that others did more. I think as we watched it, we both agreed <clears> that on <throat> the creative element of things, Addy deserved maybe to get into the Addy next. is the smash that yeah. I have because yeah. I think for the creativity and the work alone mm. and the theatre and clearly hers tasted amazing. Yeah. That's that's the one I'd have chosen mm-hmm. to go into yeah. immunity. Yeah. So I was a bit disappointed that now the episode was set up for it because it was like, oh, I've had one goal this time round. Let's get an immunity pin. And I was like, okay, so that's who wins. Um, it was clear as day. Editors, please stop making it so obvious sometimes. Um, but he, you know, it was a good dish. It was, it was, it was the perfect definition of a Brent dish, and I think executed to perfection so fair play to him I think he did a good job and happy days but I do agree Addy's creativity outshone that in my opinion and this is Addy now twice has come in a whisper I know of getting into that so yeah. Addy is a force yeah big time big time so so then we to go on two. to the Pete the Chef challenge and Gabriel Gatte yes. is the chef who is apparently a legend in Australian yeah. cookery gonna have to do a little uh, YouTubing yeah, and all of that stuff I kind of love him. He like, was so he's lovely. so lovely and so much personality and so much fun. I yeah, you can see why he's so loved by Australians. Um again, not very familiar with his work here. Um but you know, really good in terms too because <clears throat> getting a chef I guess of that of being so well known so well revered and naturally Kath was a big fan of course she's full fully paid subscription to Food Network I'd assume is our Kath um our Kath, our Kath um a pioneer of cookery shows you in can Australia call him old <laughs> you're going around the houses of a legend, a pioneer, uh, this. I'm uh, quoting Kath here. Old. He says the pioneer of cookery shows in Australia. He's older. He's old. He is but older. the point, what I'm trying to make is you could go for some young book chef who can do really good nostalgia food. But to get someone who is clearly quite iconic to do this is actually probably a bit of a coup. So that's amazing. Um, Brent is 75 and Gabriel's 60. Nope, that's the minutes that they have to do um, in the challenge, like in the other um, Beat the Chef challenges. It's kind of, I think that's going to be the way it's going to be. I don't think they're going to have any variations. Yeah. Uh, the ingredients are all beverageinos, and it must be featured in the final dish. So we had different things. We had uh, cola, orange juice, tonic Tonic water, gin, gin, vodka, cognac, and (coughs) sarsaparilla. It's a soft drink originally made from the vine smaliax ornata. I never heard of it before. It's made by Bundaberg, who also make beautiful ginger beer and less beautiful root beer. Um, so a little education in it for ourselves there as well. So Brent went for the orange juice, which wasn't unusual. I didn't expect that. Yeah. What did you think? I thought he was going to go for one of the alcohols. I thought it was <clears throat> obvious. Yeah. Um, he 
decided to go with duck cook it in the pressure cooker um, which was quite a clever move some nice aromats in there some nice flavours cooking it down what did you think of his dish in the end? Loved it. Yeah. It was a kind of Asian twist on the classic pairing of orange and duck. So kind of starting from French classic and then completely throwing it over to the other side of the world. Great technique, mm. great flavors. I can tell that just tasted amazing. The judges you can tell they eat things quite often cold but this time because there's only two yeah. and they have to eat them quite quickly they commented on the smell yeah the aroma yeah and that had them sold already so i could tell that it ate really really well technically he <clears throat> it was a very clever use of it he put the orange juice into both his sauce and the stock and then mixed the stock in with the sauce in order to get extra duck flavour and everything like that very very clever uh, the judges did comment that it's like that's tasted like a sauce that had hours had hours and hours yeah. of work and they genuinely were at one point wondering whose it was I think it was clear as day because um, Brent really does enjoy the use of a uh, well pottered plate that wouldn't be out of place in a Mission Start restaurant mm-hmm. But I think things like using duck and I think things like the sauce might have thrown them a little bit. Yeah. Um, less of the case when uh, Gabriel's dish came through and they instantly just went, ah, okay, cool. That's definitely him. Yeah, because it, it, it was, was the Julian vegetables. It was the... He chose the champagne and then he chose... Australian shellfish mm. specifically and he described it as a mix of this is France and Australia mixed together yeah it has uh, had a cassoulet of crevettes uh, julienne of the vegetables and a champagne sauce and the mussels and the beautiful mussels beautiful mussels yeah uh, beautifully plated he was super calm the entire time so much fun yeah as well easy going yeah the touch of him bringing over the glass of champagne afterwards like gentle man I know loved like, it such a sweetheart obviously he knew I'm here to just have the exposure and, and the fun to show who I am and to just be the lovely person yeah. I am so yeah. he had such class there was a really interesting bit in it where um, they were both cutting carrots at the same time and they cut from uh, Brent cutting away and kind of clunkily chopping roughly chopping things and then over to Gabriel who was doing the beautiful Julienne like great knife work and he just kept going back and forth and back and forth <laughs> and it was very amusing to watch um little touches of building flavour that Gabriel did that I really liked he um, took the mussel uh, the juices that the mussels were cooked in added them into the sauce little things like that just yeah. to build layers upon layers of flavour the way it was presented was very classic very beautiful yeah. the chive flowers on top would absolutely smash that dish as well smash it yeah the only thing is in the judging Andy had a slightly undercooked uh, prawn it's always Andy it's always Andy and then, who gets a shell. And then I said, like, is he just the more sensitive of the three to anything that's a bit like, oh, yeah. it's on the on the underside? Or is Jock looking at it going, let's give it to Andy. <laughs> he can handle it. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, 
interestingly with the champagne sauce Jock also drank um, that is such a you move yeah I would absolutely well I drink gravy from a guzzled it out of the receptacle yeah yeah, and absolutely that Um, they were all really happy though beautiful champagne velouté flavour was on point perfectly cooked muscle not so perfectly cooked when it came to the scoring though Brent came out with uh, no Gabriel came out with 25 a score of 9, 8 and 8 Mel giving the 9 but Brent got top marks discuss I don't argue that it was a high scoring dish I do argue that there was a scorch Mm -hmm. on that skin and the fact that the judges hadn't even mentioned it or they edited it out I don't know but then that they all gave a 10 each the top score a perfect score for a perfect plate each is incorrect yeah because there was a slight score uh, a slight scorch burn even and that was because of the glaze an unintentional scorch it had a burn on the skin it is technically imperfect yeah so a nine nine and nine would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, and he'd have s- he'd have still won. Exactly. But I just think that calling that like perfect, absolutely faultless, it was a fault. Incorrect. Yep. Fair. I think that's fair. Either way, Brent is now the owner of a shiny <coughs> pin, making him and Declan the only two to have it, which is very exciting. I hate when only one of them have it. I like when two yeah. do. I think it's a bit fairer and I think it's a bit more fun for everyone. Um. In the next episode Jesus Christ Jesus No I said The little baby Jesus Jesus (laughs) Yet again Again it's a Kath and Kim It's all Kath and Kim It's all Kath and Kim They should just judge Actually that should be a challenge Ha No that should be a challenge What Kel Knight Should come in And And judge sausage Judge sausages (laughs) That should be a thing Oh I would watch that. Well, you'd be watching it anyway. Mm. So that's the next episode. It is the elimination. Uh, Obviously, it's in two rounds and there's going to be a cheese taste test. Uh, I think think only three of them are going into round two, is it? We'll find out tomorrow. Uh, So excited. I think there'll be a few... um, There'll be a few... Europeans in there. I think there's going to be ones we'll never have heard of yeah. in there as well. Oh, I love this. Very exciting. So, um, another episode done. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Under Bench Staples right into your ears wherever you get a podcast. Earworms. Earworms. Don't talk but about that. It's not a brain worm. It's definitely not Speaking a brain of worm. Aussie news, yeah. <laughs> Look it up. Um, yeah um, again if you're talking to any of your pals and you're saying oh my god do you watch MasterChef Australia and you're like oh my god there's these two annoying Irish guys and they do this great podcast about it you can absolutely uh, send them our way we'd love that but until next time tomorrow bye bye